Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Hey, there we go. It's July 22nd, 2019. This is Atlanta United FC Weekly, a home before dark podcast. Kevin's not here to toot toot. <laughs> well done. Yeah. I am Tim Herbin. Uh, I'm usually joined by Kevin Bradley, but I have two fantastic gentlemen joining me tonight in lieu of Kevin. Uh, we have uh, Payson Schwinn over here. Payson Nino. To my left. And Payson Nino. And we have Joe Patrick, the familiar face, all things yeah. Atlanta sports. <laughs> yeah. I was on the show. I'm, I'm becoming yeah. a regular here. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just yeah, did a show a few weeks ago, so this is fun. <laughs> to the point where, uh, you know, Pirlo still, like, violently tries <laughs> to attack you. But um, Anyway, thank you guys for tuning in on this, uh, this wonderful Monday evening. Sorry that we weren't able to record last week. We are back to a uh, regular recording schedule. Kevin is, as I said, is not here. Death in the family. He's traveling back, so send him your well wishes. And... Uh, He'll be back in studio next Monday, but tonight, we got you guys. Hell yeah! Hell yes, yeah. yeah. It's gonna. I, I would brag more about you know being in here over Kevin, but you know it's, 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 <laughs> death in the family. That's I mean, not. So that's like classless, a, Joe. Yeah, classless. Yeah, yeah. It's uh. He, you definitely pour yourself a bigger, bigger glass than he does. <laughs> I think. I think we can uh, throw that in his face. Um, Five o'clock somewhere. Yeah. It, well, I hope. Yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah, it yeah, is. And, uh, on LA. the West Coast. I, said that, I, said, I said that a few hours ago, too. Yeah. Uh, if you guys are watching us on YouTube, make sure that you guys hit the uh, subscribe button, notification bell icon, smash the like button so that everybody else gets a notification. Come join us. And uh, how are you guys feeling after, uh, after that game yesterday? Obviously, you had to clinch and hold, your, hold yourself yeah. for two, two hours in the, in the press box. Well, Payson knows what it's like having to when a, when a late goal happens, it's especially tough. when it changes the result. Yeah, it's like you have to totally scramble because you've already written your yep. maybe your lead. You've already gotten some you know input from editors or whatever, and then you got to scramble and rewrite your whole article. Right. So yeah, I feel your pain. Luckily, I had Charlie Boehm yesterday, and he was just like, eh, whatever, whatever, dude. <laughs> just write what you he's, want. He's the best editor I have. But uh, yeah, no, it was a, it was a fun game. I thought that you know 
since this whole formation change to the three five two, things have been yeah. um, things have been fun again. You know, it feels like attacking and what I this what I don't understand is like over the past three years, I feel like we have this conversation every year when we switch to the three five two. It's like this is awesome. Yeah, we're doing <laughs> well. Why do why do we? And everybody's like, we need to go back to the four back. And, <laughs> and by everybody, I mean Josh Bagransky. And I don't know why, <laughs> just because of the personnel, but. Having the three back with between Escobar because Escobar is obviously like more naturally a you know right center back right from yeah. from his days in in Argentina but um, and I love him on the wing but at the same time having Gressel as a on a right wing back uh, is I think it's a little invaluable yeah I, I think that's to me that's where he's best deployed obviously is on the wing but if you're able to put three it's, when you have LGP, LGP playing like he did yesterday. It's it's going to be hard to get through that defense, especially the way Miles Robinson's been playing, and then and then putting uh, Franco Escobar back there, having the three of them kind of just anchor that defense. It's well, yeah. To me, that's where it all starts is at the back with the, with this back three. I feel like it gives a lot of the other players on the team like a platform to feel like they can be more aggressive and push up the field because they know that there is an extra center back back there to cover for mistakes. And especially you know like Miles Robinson is kind of playing that middle center back role, and he's kind of like a. He's kind of like the guy who cleans up all the mistakes, you know. He, he can just like sweep up behind, essentially, and it allows you know a Leandro Gonzalez Perez or a Franco Escobar to push up and almost become like like yesterday in the second half. Those players were almost like auxiliary midfielders, like they right. were they were not really doing the job of, of a defender as much as they were doing a job of like a defensive midfielder, kind of recycling the ball. Yeah, and um, <clears throat> what you saw last week, I mean Wednesday midweek against Houston, you saw like Parker's making runs, and this this time you see Escobar moving up. So you can have these guys make runs out of the back, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're not worried because Miles is so super athletic. He can catch up to any ball that's played over the top or whatever. So you don't necessarily have to worry about it. And it just gives that something that FDB wants, which is the runners through, creates mismatches, confuses the defense, and it's just working out to perfection right now. Yeah. He's, he's talked a lot about like the runners. That's like something he's talked about all season is having these guys make runs and Again, he said it after the um, – I guess it was after the Houston game because it, I, I, I had asked him about Parkhurst making those runs. Cause I, mainly just because I thought it was funny to see Parkhurst like, yeah, get on chucking the it up the end. field. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, it, is, it is a little weird. He's definitely better at a left center back or a left uh, – yeah, yeah. In, in a back three than a, he is a left it back. It was hilarious yeah. like seeing him get up in the box. and anyway. well, it, Him playing right back too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's weird. But, uh, uh, but, you know, but DeBoer says, you know, like – yeah, you you want him to make that run because not necessarily because he's going to get the ball, but he's going to attract someone, and then the second guy who makes a run is more open to receive it. And you know, like that's how Darlington scored that goal against Houston was you know some guys had made runs in front of him, and it had just it had occupied defenders, and the ball just came right to him, and he was able to score. And you know, I think we've continued to see that work in to a very good effect over you know these last two games. So, and even this uh, this past match, Frank DeBoer mentioned. Emerson Heinemann making a run like that mm-hmm. the, on the penalty. You'll see Emerson run this way, kind of takes away a defender. Joseph runs this way, gets a b- ball played to him, and earns a penalty out of that because the defense is scrambling. Who do I cover here? So that's kind of uh, FTB's game plan is to get those runners through to take people off of Joseph. Because um, when you you saw at times in the previous few matches when there's two or three guys on him, he's he's doing everything he can to get a shot off. Yeah, uh, but if he can get the ball one on one, one on two lights out yeah absolutely i i retweeted jared smith 
who he you know kind of pointed out uh, another one uh, the goal that Pitti scored was Joseph made a near post run and he attracts literally the entire DC yeah. back line with yeah. him and there's nobody there to cover Pitti that's why he was so wide open I saw like a really smarmy remark or snarky remark about uh, Pitti's goal is like oh wow finally we have a you know 17 million dollar man can score a, a header from two feet out but that run that he makes and yeah. it, I mean, it's positional awareness you can't I mean that's what you pay for right, right. I mean that's part of what you pay for and I think he got a lot of respect from like his teammates for making that run and putting himself in that position because he's been a guy so far where we've seen him kind of want to stick around the edge of the box you know create try to you know play people through or whatever but you know Julian pointed it out at the in the postgame comments he was like he went in there where it hurts. Like it hurts to go to go in there sometimes. Yeah, he went make... a little bit like this. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, he put his body in danger. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah. you know, you're going up. You're you're getting in the mixer with the, where the goalkeeper could clatter you. You know, and that's. I think that that earned him a lot of respect. You know, because of the type of player he is. You know, this very high valued kind of diminutive playmaker type to go in there and get stuck in. I thought. I think he earned a lot of credibility. Yeah, I think so too, and hopefully from the the fans too. One thing that I'm I'm happy to see, you know, we talked about the booing early on in the season, not with him, but more with Breck Shea whenever he would come in and substitute. Yeah, I mean, you, you're you're in my section. I, you they know boo, yeah, the guy behind me, he's like, yeah. Breck Shea, you know, I mean, yeah. he's just all about that guy. <laughs> There's some good old boys like a couple rows down from me that are just nothing like, wrong with good old boys. What no, section? nothing wrong fans with good out old there. Boys. What section are you guys in? 120. 120. Okay. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's like, oh, I can I can play better than Breck Shea. It's it's like oh. shit, but it's it's, li- it's it's literally that. Like um, yeah. he's he's like, you know, we got to put somebody in for Brexit. And I look back, and we're just like, I have a dearth of options. And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, for who? Who who's coming in? He's like, literally anyone. Literally. Who? That's not an answer. Like that's there's yeah. no one left. Yeah, there's no one left yeah. on that bench. Um, Alec can. Yeah, <laughs> Alec can. That's actually a discussion I want to get into later. The um, oh, really? not not can, not, can, not no not not can Guzan. No, that's we've beaten that that horse of a joke into the ground. But the um, no, but I am glad to see whenever PD comes on that the crowd still erupts. Like yeah, yeah still I was happy, happy to see that. Yeah, like they still have a lot of faith in him. Um, yeah, I, I he earned a lot of respect from me. Like I haven't lost faith in the guy. I, I feel like. There's so much expectation coming into this team. We saw it with Barco last year. Not everybody's going to hit on all cylinders like Almiron and like Joseph did immediately coming into this team, into this league. I mean, he came in expecting one thing. He gets another with the formation, new manager, um, and just such big expectations levied on him that, I mean, he's going to come good. I mean, you see the quality in him. I think it's a matter of maybe finally finding that that spot for him. And what is, I, I feel like Emerson Hyman on the field is going to open up PD to do a lot more. If I mean, yeah, I agree. If Emerson Hyman can stay on the field, like it's right. so the 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 options that Frank DeBoer is going to have when all these players get healthy is kind of crazy to wrap your head around. And you know, I hope Emerson Hyman does stay on the field. I think he's been like exactly what Atlanta was missing in in a midfield trio. Um, but to get back to kind of the pity point, I think that you know, I think we're seeing him start to come around and you know it's funny how he's been through these same almost these same exact things that some of his other clubs that he's been through and sometimes you know you just kind of need these hard moments to fight through and then you kind of you know you come out on the other side yeah. of them um in a much better way and you know you kind of have to earn your stripes in some respect and i think that he's kind of gone through you know some of these struggles that have kind of helped him come to like a reality that this isn't just going to be a walk in the park you know in mls and He's going to get kicked by Ivy League graduates and, you know, 
all these types of things. Yeah, and part of it is you're starting to see it a little bit, but Barkin, when he first got here, he'd dribble around, hold the ball too long, um, get kind he of... Was, he was great laterally. But great was lateral, and then yeah. you get touched and fall down and expect yeah. a call, because I'm sure in Argentina, the referees maybe are a little bit better than they are in MLS. <laughs> but here in MLS, as you could see yesterday, people were getting hacked around the field, and nothing was getting called. Mm-hmm. So he's got to adjust to that. He's got to adjust to you know a new, as we said, ad nauseum, but a new culture... Argentina to Atlanta, not easy. Uh, teammates who don't necessarily all speak Spanish, a coach who obviously wants him to put in a work rate that he's not quite used to. So I think he'll come good. But going back to Emerson, like once Barco's back, do you take, do you put him in for Emerson? Right. That's actually one of the or, questions in the in the trap. I mean, Joe Johnston says, I want to see the Dream 11 if everyone is healthy in formation. He's like asking our thoughts once everybody is healthy. That is, I mean, that is a, a contingent or whatever, uh, hypothetical, right? Because, you know, one guy gets a knock, one guy comes back. Like it's it's that's bound to happen. But I mean, and it's an interesting one because I, I mentioned this earlier um, in our Dirty South Soccer writers room earlier today, where I feel like it's one of those things similar to last year, where your most talented eleven, like your your eleven with the most quality players on the field, might not be the eleven that is able to get you results. You know, like. Last year we saw it with Barco. Like the team just functioned better without trying to shoehorn Barco into the starting eleven. And I think that, you know, it, that's. I think we're kind of at that point now with like how like is it worthwhile to shoehorn Barco and Pitti and you know Emerson Hyman like all these players. And Vialbo once he's yeah, back. Yeah, I mean, the, I mean the, the forgotten. Does man. anyone remember where he plays? Where he's going to play? I, <laughs> I mean, he's a second striker, right? I guess. Yeah, but. It's Where's crazy. he going to fit once everyone's Inverted healthy. winger. Yeah. Non-inverted winger. I mean... Right back. I do. Th- I think he'll have to come off the bench, but it's funny that you mentioned that because I recorded Five Strike Final last night with uh, my partner, Jay Sam Jones, and we did the whole show, and then afterwards I, te- I texted him. I was like, oh, hey, we totally forgot to even mention Tito Villalba in, in our whole conversation yeah, guy. about players coming back. So, you know, these are going to be tough decisions that Frank DeBoer has to make, and the thing that kind of intrigues me about is that he's... What he's shown so far in his Atlanta United tenure is he's not afraid to make these tough decisions and, you know, leave big players on the bench if he feels like that's what needs to happen. So He left PT on the bench for Brandon Vasquez. Yes. Which was, you know, I don't disagree necessarily because he puts in the work, but he's not technically as gifted, but he's willing to make that choice. So we can see he's not afraid to keep Pity on the bench. He's probably not afraid to keep Barco on the bench. Yeah. Yeah. If that comes to that, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Put Barco on the bench, but <laughs> if he thinks that's the best lineup uh, for the team, then he'll go with it. Yeah. Say what you will about Brandon Vasquez. His work rate is pretty phenomenal. It is. Like, it's he, awesome. He he runs his ass off. He, he did get a little lost in the game yesterday. Yeah. But I, ball I, gets under his feet at occasion. Right. But, I mean, right. that's going to happen when you're six foot, whatever, six yeah. foot four or whatever he is. Yeah. And, uh, Runs like a gazelle. He had a really nice uh, combination earlier in the, early in the game with Joseph, um, just like them, right. them playing a little back and forth with each other into the box, and it almost and Joseph gave him a little bit of nice job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he wasn't yelling at me. I must have been doing something good. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> so to I guess to get back to that dream eleven. I mean, if if all things considered, everybody's healthy because you're not just talking about bringing in like for like uh, substitutions or or even from a formation standpoint. George Bello gets healthy. He's your best option at left back, but you don't really have a left back anymore, right? You're you're playing a left wing back. Granted, we did see yesterday, maybe that's not the best position for Justin Merrim. Maybe that is where Bello fits back in. 
I mean, we're talking still another two weeks, another week and a half, probably, until George Bellow is back in to the 18. No, I think uh, I think maybe two weeks before he starts with at, like playing with Atlanta United. Gotcha. Too. Yeah, and then maybe once after he after he gets some minutes there, maybe maybe then he starts to make 18s. I think he's still quite a bit away. Like Frank DeBoer was talking about just like what he needs to build up to kind of get back his physical level. And he said like even just like when he passes the ball on the ground, it's like just like the ball doesn't come with enough mm. pace, you know, like when he crosses it, it's just like, you know, his legs just aren't kind of built up, you know. Um, he's got wobbly legs. He now. got so like he got so bulky yeah. during and the offseason. Right. I, like, I, I almost wonder if that played into his his injury. Right, it's a muscle injury, isn't it? Yeah, it was a groin injury. Yeah. Adductor, I think, is what it was. Don't ask me where that is, or you know, once, any of the physiology. Once, Can you show on, me? One's on the left. <laughs> one's on the left side of your. Uh, yeah, show me on. Show me on me where where this is. <laughs> It's, uh, uh, it's like abductors on what inside, yeah. abductors on the outside, one or the other. Yeah, it's anyway. the medical podcast. Yeah, we um, usually have that happen. Um, Mo Adams is another another call out too. Oh, Mo Adams, Mo. I mean, it's I know my my dream eleven would be basically the three that you had at the back last night: Gressel on the right, Bello on the left. I would have honestly my dream eleven is that same central three midfielders: Remedi, Nagby, and Emerson Hyman. And Barco and Joseph. Wow, PT top. on the and bench. That's that's the team that I think would work the best. Like if you had to beat LAFC in a in the MLS Cup final, that's the team I would put out there. Yeah, you just throw yeah. some throw a goon out there. Right like, now, throw a goon out there, John Cheney style, just to throw elbows and, yeah. and break guys' faces. <laughs> yeah, that's and then the PT as a super sub. I can see. I that. guess. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I I would love to put him in the lineup, but I just don't know where to where to put him. And I mean. I guess if you were to play him and Barco in the same team, yeah, you, you have to be in a back you four. You have to move, or you move. Could you move Emerson out and put Barco in there? Yeah, and you could Pitti do, is the second forward. You could do that. I just wonder if you were to swap out Barco for Heinemann, like how much control of midfield do you lose? Because you know, then are you playing just the three four three that we played to start the season? You know, that was mm-hmm. what that was. That was just that, you know, was, that yeah. was two central midfielders with Barco, Pitti, and Joseph up top. So you can, you know, you can adjust on the whiteboard, you know, where they're supposed to, you can tell them where they're supposed to play, but at the end of the day, it's kind of the same personnel and they're going to want to try to do the same things when, when they're on the field. So I would prefer another like guy like Emerson Hyman, who is a central midfielder and he knows he's a central midfielder and he can do that job and he can help you kind of win those battles in the middle of the park. But yeah. I love having them together, but is is and this is another question I want to ask you guys. Do you see Emerson Hyman as a replacement for Darlington Nagby? Yes, Nobody I forward. do. Uh, I mean, a hundred percent. Yeah, they play so. That's the only thing I can think whenever I watch the two of them play. The close control, their ability to go so in smooth. and out of lines, like it's very smooth. Mm-hmm. Like you, those are two guys on the pitch that I do not uh, fear losing the ball. I like I don't they right. they're the guys I don't see turning the ball over especially in tight spaces too. Um is it does it become a little redundant or is it a luxury to have both of them out on the field together? Because it is nicer. I do like having Nagby a little further back. Um I mean Hyman was getting up a lot further up the up the field and in the 18 than than Nagby was as as was his assignment, but mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's interesting. I don't know if that's, you know, obviously tactically you're telling him push forward and get into the box as much as possible. But in Nagby, I don't think that's what he loves to do. He loves to go straight 18 to 18, gather the ball, move it around, circulate it. Whereas Heinemann seems, at least what we've seen, seems to be more, make more gashing runs, be more offensively, offensively inclined than maybe Nagby is. Yeah. But I think he can play that role. And, and, and once 
Sadly, Nagby's probably going to move on at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. We all know that. I mean, his contract's up. He's discussed moving to Columbus, of all places. Uh, and uh, <laughs> he wants to go back there. And then I think Emerson would be an ideal replacement. And he'll, I think, take more shots. He'll get uh, forward more than uh, Nagby does now. It, yeah. It's, you know, I need to see a little bit more to see if he's as smooth as Nagby is with controlling the ball, um, keeping possession no matter what kind of pressure's on him and that kind of thing. But Do it, we have a right of first refusal with him? Like, is it is it loan to buy with, like, they can't take him back? I think so. Unless, yeah. unless we decline to buy him? I th- yeah, that, that's what I understand. I hope so. Yeah. I hope it's, like, a Joseph situation, like, in the well, next. Because he's hit the ground running. Granted, his fitness is not there. I think that he's still probably a couple games away from playing a full. Because he didn't play a full 90 again yesterday, did he? Uh, who? Heinemann. Sorry, not I talking don't about re- I don't. I don't remember. Probably. I'm pretty sure Heinemann came out at the end of the game for um, Jeff, if I'm oh, not mistaken. Oh, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like for like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like for well, like. It's, it's interesting what you say about Nagby kind of not getting as far forward, because when he came to Atlanta United, I thought that that's the yeah. kind of player he would be, and maybe he was more of that kind of player last year, but it's really interesting when you hear Frank talk about his central midfielders. Like, he groups together Nagby and Remedi, like – yeah. Like, they're the same – they play the same position, kind of. Yeah. And it makes me think – like, he thinks of Nagby as a defensive midfielder. Almost like a hybrid six and eight. Yeah. Like, I yeah. mean, they, they like, play like – almost a ball, play box-to-box. A ball-circulating box. Box. Ball defensive yeah. midfielder. You know, I, I like to think of midfielders as, like, sitters or runners. Yeah. And so, like, he's kind of like a guy who's going to keep his position. Um, it's interesting that he – that DeBoer seems to think of him like that, because that's not the way I've ever thought of Nagby. No, because, you but, know, he was an attacking player at Portland yeah. – which he's, is hilarious. He's been a winger in the past. I, I, I'm sure you guys saw the whole um, uh, who came onto the field and g- Petey gave him a note on the yeah, field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys have seen all those. Have you yeah. seen the memes and everything? Yeah, yeah. One yeah. of them's that that like um, heat chart that says from Caleb Porter, and it's just like his <laughs> his. It's like one of the best midfielders in the world, and then what the fuck? What what am I doing up here? Like uh, whenever it's uh, push more advanced. Yeah, I think that, that was kind of the thing. Was like. I don't think he ever wanted to play at an advanced role. Yeah. Like he scored some wonder goals for Portland too. Yeah, it was some like, bangers, but yeah, and I'm like, and his coaches are, are always encouraging him to shoot more. Yeah. But maybe yeah. that's just not his comfort zone. Yeah. yeah. Um, one thing I will say, our resident doctor Patrick Keenum, um, he says, I knew somebody would come in here with this. Uh, an abductor takes the limb away from the midline. The ad oh. at the adductor pulls toward the midline. This doesn't mean anything to me. I no, don't know. Still it. don't know. Think uh, think of abducting a child from their parent. <laughs> <laughs> See now that is the kind of tip that See, I understand. That's, as as yeah, a parent, that's, you yeah. can, parent, you can yeah you can that resonate really with that. Me. That's why yeah. <laughs> What's wrong with you people? <laughs> it's when you take your kids to Chuck E. Cheese. Um, no, we're so we're getting away from. So the you you said your dream eleven, and I I really do love that three five two or the whatever you want to call it the three in the back. Um, and I can't disagree with that lineup that you trotted out. Um, it is it is tough for me, you, because Rometty's one guy I don't think you can really replace, mm-hmm. right? Like he's that engine right in the back of the middle that does all the dirty work that nobody else is going to do. Yeah. It's either him or Jeff. You could replace. Jeff's you could a replace him. For that, you yeah. could replace someone like Rometty in game if you're losing, you right, know, and chasing yeah. a goal. Then sure, you could remove him and you could try yeah. to get more attacking. But um, yeah, I mean it's. It's almost impossible in in a three five two. It's basically impossible to fit in. Well, it's not impossible, but you know, to fit it's in tough Pitti? to fit in Pitti and Barco yeah. and Joseph and and Emerson Hyman. Like he's now factoring into this. 
I think. In my opinion, he should be kind of factoring into like kind of these must-art guys yeah. on a very similar level. Well, that, that's the hard thing, too. Yesterday, I feel like Petey got a starting job back yesterday. I, I think yeah. it, 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 it was awesome because there, just to go back to him and his character, like he could have easily become a petulant child whenever that spat in the media happened mm-hmm. with, it, with he and DeBoer. Mm-hmm. But he didn't. Mm-hmm. Like, he turned it around. Yeah. And, and like, I, I have a lot of respect for that. And I think that's awesome. I mean, work is work. And, you know, it's, I, I think it's just professional criticism. And he took it to heart. And I think that he's, like, turning it around. Um, I, I, I thought that whole thing, I thought he was quite professional with, like, his response to that pity. Yeah. Like, you know. He didn't back down from the comments that he said. He was just like when he when he talked to us, the media, like the media here. He was like, "Yeah, I didn't like what he said, and that's yeah, why I wish you'd talk to me first. All right, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, know? I think DeBoer deserves a fair amount of criticism for being how he's been with the media, or like just like as open as he's been with the in his press yeah. conferences this season. He's very open with player criticism in a way that I don't remember Tata doing this. Do yeah. you? I no, mean, no, no, definitely no. Definitely I feel not. like he kept it behind closed for doors sure. more than even right. like with the Andrew Carlton thing. Yeah, for with the, Carlton for for MLS Cup. Yeah, and, Gr- and Gr- Bar- Barco he didn't say he tried to disguise it as much as he could mm-hmm. until yeah. Dirty South Soccer got <laughs> broke that story wide <laughs> open. No, but I mean, um, it, it is funny because DeBoer said that Brandon Vasquez was a danger to the team. Um, it just must be conference. a phrase I, yeah, he likes to use. Yeah. I think it just means. You're tired and you need to come out of the game. Yeah, yeah. that Whereas, is what it means. That you know, is what it means. Yeah. In uh, I guess it's lost in translation. Maybe he doesn't understand that it means yeah. you're an awful player and, and you can't. Right. I am scared of having you out there. Do you, how much of that do you think comes from him being not that far from not that far removed from playing at such a high level too? Like that, like he feels not. I think he feels probably more as a peer to them, or not a peer. That the. the it's not the term I'm thinking of, but he he can relate to them more. Yeah, and I don't know if he thinks maybe that tough love is something that resonates with him, and maybe that 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 could resonate with his players. But he gives he has that you that young teacher energy. You know what I mean? Like he's he, I think oh, he still yeah, does he's texting the students. Yeah, he, and, and he's yeah. hoping he doesn't get caught. <laughs> and I think he is. He's like, why aren't these guys as good as me? Come on, you know. Yeah, and, yeah. and um, you know, I think you can see that with some of the great players who become managers. I'm sure Zidane is like that, but he's coaching with the world's elite. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think that's definitely a factor. And I think the he's just a, a Dutch guy who's very straightforward. Um, he's not going to hide anything. He puts it all out there and kind of doesn't seem to understand. The player might read that the next day and be quite upset, as Pity was. It's apparently like one of their traits, like the Dutch traits, is to like be like this. Apparently, yeah, I don't want to be stereotype, but apparently <laughs> Dutch people are just very straightforward yeah. and yeah. honest. They're yeah. not going to beat around the bush, and that's refreshing to a lot of people. But maybe to someone, it's not like PT. Yeah, I was also I was listening to um, there's this podcast that's doing it's called the Totally Football Show. It's British, and they're doing this like yeah, um, it's, uh, James Richardson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. And they're uh, promoting a book by Michael Cox. Uh, Zonal marking is kind of his uh, what he goes by online, and he's he has a book out. And so, one, and he's kind of profiling like the evolution of soccer in all of these big countries in Europe. And one of them is the Netherlands. So he talks a lot about Louis Van Hall. It's funny actually. They talk about Louis Van Hall in their German episode because they're talking about Louis Van Hall at Bayern Munich, and then they kind of get into some of like the Dutch his Dutch background, and they talk about the difference between. Cruyff and Van Hall was very stark because not in just generally the way they wanted their teams to look aesthetically, but it's more in the way that um, those two coached 
and Van Hall was like Cruyff would give like kind of less instruction and let the players have more just like freedom, creativity to express themselves as they wanted to on the field as to where Van Hall was very, you do this, you do this, you do this. If you all do these things that I'm telling you, you're going to be amazing and you're going to win championships. And they did. They, I actually won the champions league and DeBoer comes from that school. DeBoer played for that team, played under Van Hall. And he was, when I asked him at his introductory press conference this season, you know, like what coaches he draws inspiration from, those types of things. Van Hall was, I think, the first name that he said because it's the you know it's a manager they played for for ten years. So it makes sense that he would be like this with these players. You know that he would be kind of this is his style. And Michael Parker has said as well, like in practice, he gets very upset if there's a misplaced pass because he wants things done. You know, executed to his his standard. And so I think that that's going to push these players to be better. But I think that it's been you know. A learning process for both of them. I think. I think there's now they're trying. I think they're sort of finding a a good middle ground where you know DeBoer is kind of coming to their side. We saw in that Leander Sherlikens article about how he lets them now do their like fun goof off thing before games. Mm-hmm. You know, which he didn't <laughs> like at first, but yeah. you know he understands that. You know, if they if he wants their respect, he has to kind of let them have some freedom to do some of these things. So I think we're starting to find that middle ground. And we wound back up the three five two, where we might have, yeah. where we probably should have started in the first place. But I mean, at least he's <laughs> showing some flexibility and willingness to change his kind of ideas to around the personnel he has. So I was a little worried at the beginning of the season because all the rumors had been like he's just a four three three man. That's all he's going to do. But now, I've, having seen him adjust throughout the season, you know, I feel I feel pretty good about his coaching ability and willingness to be flexible. So yeah, can I put on my tinfoil hat real quick? Uh-oh. Sure. Yes. So I. I have a theory now, thinking about that with the Louis Van Hal connection, that the hashtag FDB out crowd are all salty Man Manchester fans. United fans. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. That's I do. I do think there was a divide, though, when that pity stuff happened. I think there were people who were really taking PT side. Yeah. Rightly so. Mm-hmm. In some cases, and maybe overreacting a little bit and saying like, "Nah, this you have the best player in South America, and he's not performing. It's FDB's fault." Yeah. So I think yeah. you had some of that, and then you had just people who like to stir the pot, and then you maybe had some uh, small man. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, part of it is you are talking about three different cultures trying to interpret what what each other are saying. You have a guy from Argentina, a guy from the Netherlands, and then you have the, the fans in the U.S. I mean, uh, Dirty Bird person ATL Chris saying uh, national media is trying to find or uh, trying too hard to sensationalize some friction between PD and the fans when dude got a huge applause whenever he came in yesterday. That's uh, something we talked about earlier, but. I think some of it is fabrication. I mean, there's, I, I mean, we, we saw it earlier on in the season, whatever DeBoer called the fans spoiled and everybody freaked out. And he's like, maybe it's just, yeah. It's, he it's, says things man, like that. Seems yeah. so it, long ago. Yeah. But yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's not so much even stu- like you lose things in translation, but he also has such a flat affect to him. Yeah. Whenever he talks. Like sure. he has, he has, there's no intonation in anything he says. Uh-huh. He, doesn't no, say, he doesn't sound angry or that happy. No, yeah. Yeah. Disappointed dad, I guess, but <laughs> yeah. it's, we got a lot of those like Alpharetta dad, disappointed I, Alpharetta dads it's, it's that are. One, it's one of those pitfalls where, like, you know, you want a guy to speak in English. You want if he can speak another language, you want him to do that, of yeah. course. Yeah. And, but it's like, but the, these are the pitfalls, you know, like this, and this is why a lot of these players don't want to speak in English because if they may say something that gets picked exactly. up, you know, not that I think that you know the MLS uh, Atlanta United media is this like you know. It's like the, we'll the, da- the, daily, the Daily Mail, yeah. Who's going to like put, yeah? Um, but, but I do, know, I, I do have a 
column where I essentially <laughs> analyze every word he says. <laughs> and yes, I will take things out of context, <laughs> gladly. <laughs> A little unfair. I try to be fair and understand like where he's coming from and probably what he meant. Yeah. And try to make light of the things that he maybe didn't mean. But again, I don't think, I think Twitter, the Twitterverse, the people who liken themselves to soccer experts were probably more upset about PT. Whereas the general fan, I always got the sense is like, they, they want him to come good. Yeah. They're just disappointed in his performance to that point. You can see it in the crowd. I mean, there was a very loud, I thought at first it was maybe for the guy coming off for him, but then it became very much a yeah. PT, like, let's go, baby. I'm putting in this player with 20 minutes to go. Let's do this. I wanted to ask you guys just generally, not well, about Pitti, like the crowd's reaction to Pitti, but just generally the vibe in the stadium over in this DC United game coming off that Houston game. It felt like a different kind of atmosphere to me. It was weird. Um, I felt like it was, it was ruckus for a little while. I just felt it. it I'm going to jump straight to the missed penalty. That okay. sucked the life out of the stadium, yeah. I feel like. It, yeah. it just got quiet. Like, you can hear people talking for, yeah. for a while. Huh. Um, I just, we've never seen anything like it. No, it's it weird. That's true. <laughs> yeah. I've never seen a ball fly out of the stadium. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was unbelievable. I will say, I've been, to, I went to games earlier and in the season, you know, I'm a season ticket holder, and earlier in the season, there were times where we were passing it around, and there were people around me going, what is this? This is not this is not the Atlanta United I know, but like at the last game, yes, there was some quiet times, but there was like real excitement. Like yeah. they were, they had the foot on the pedal, mm-hmm. and the fans were really into it, and everyone was doing the chants in my section. There were times during this season where people were like, "Hey, uh, I don't want to do this." Yesterday was not that, but no, yeah, the, the shock from the Joseph penalty was was yeah. a little much to take. Yeah, anybody. everybody was so ramped up. Is like this is going to win the game for us, and it's he never. Never misses. Yeah, and then that happens. And then some dude in front of me is trying is trying to take a selfie as Joseph scores. <laughs> that guy <laughs> jinxed the whole thing. Yeah, don't do that. Yeah, don't. Yeah, don't do that. Um, the, the other thing that you have the same sight lines as me too, right? So behind like, the goal, yeah. It's and we're a little further to the left, but sometimes like I I hate it. I'm just gonna say like whenever the I think a ball has gone in. And like the section starts going crazy, and then oh shit, no, hit the post or like <laughs> yeah. that that went out or like it hits struck the, the side the of the side net. Netting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those those can be exciting, and then just complete serotonin dumps. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it it was definitely some. It, it wasn't Houston, right? Houston was just after that that red card. Like the entire game was extremely loud the entire yes. time. But yeah. A party. Um, but you're right. Yeah, there were a lot of people. There were a lot more people doing the vamos chant uh, and around our uh, our section and then also the um uh the we are the a chant like there was a lot more involvement than there had been earlier on in the season so maybe it is trending in the right way but yeah i mean i just all i remember is people yeah complaining about the the pe- like the passing it around like i you know me as a dork soccer fan i was like man look at those look at this possession <laughs> yeah. this is, look at that pass completion rate killing the, killing the game gosh the, I'm, but uh, all the fans are you know well, come on get it up to joseph <laughs> But yeah. uh, you know now I think they've they've really started to push the pedal to the metal with this three five two. So um, let's see. Uh, trying to see. Sorry, we've been we've been so in depth. Somebody said it's it's weird that you know the the trap's getting a little quiet because we were talking so much actual soccer and <laughs> getting getting more in depth, and it's not as. Oh, uh, can we talk about Jeezy's? Um... That was a little strange. <laughs> I, I just I saw the re- I rewatched video. the game today. <laughs> 
<laughs> so awkward. Comes out, does the coin flip. With yeah. It? Well, they, yeah, he came, did the coin flip. But then, I don't, did you see his what he, he did an interview during the game with Taylor Twelman and John Champion? And it was very awkward because I, I forget who asked him. One of them asked him if he grew up, if he played soccer growing up. And he goes, no, nah, I balled for real. And they've got the camera on him. And he like does this motion. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, and then there was like ATL's three seconds of silence. Good. Like no one knew what to say in response to that. Like, oh, no. <laughs> At least with like Walk a Flock of Flame, he's like, yeah, I love soccer. My daughter plays. Yeah, and all right. This stuff. Yeah. And, you know, and then <laughs> don't bring a guy on. Just maybe do some pre-questions. <laughs> Good night. Yeah. Uh, Michelle says we need new chants. Not to start this, but Ooh. I mean, I, I think about I, that. But it, like, I listen it, watching every MLS game. I hear our chants. I have a take on this. Whoa. Okay. Well, can I just say one thing? Yeah. Ten years ago, I was a DC United ticket holder, season ticket holder, and I used to do these same chants. So yeah, they do get recycled. Like the, uh, especially the ones in Spanish, even. Um, yeah, I but, think definitely, like most especially, I feel like the ones in and, it, and that's fine. But yeah, the South American, like but, a lot of them. But trying to organically grow a chant, it's not as easy as like you know, here, pass yeah. out your sheets. Yeah, or, you want the whole crowd to do uh, the get fucked up, do fucked up shit. <sighs> like uh, just I, for I, Doug, I had never heard that actually like emanate from the supporter section on our side until I feel like they were doing that to spite Doug. <laughs> they might have been. Yeah. I seriously I like, hate to laugh, but yeah. <laughs> about that, I'll get back to this. But that was like one of the hardest I've laughed in a long time. Was when um, not that I think that it was like right what <laughs> when the when the supporters at the at the U.S. Open Cup game started um, chanting "fuck you, Doug Roberson" or whatever it was that they oh, chanted. I didn't even, but I was okay. dying. I, I didn't. Oh, see did you that. not hear no, about this? I did not hear. So about Doug this. criticized them via a tweet. Said you know criticized the fans for chanting. You know doing a chant that had the f bomb in it. Why? Yeah, I knew Doug's. I feel like he's been critical of that for a few years now. Yeah, he's, like, he do has, you guys really his hobby to, horse. Yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah. do you really need to swear? And right, swear? right. Yeah. And so it was funny. Like he did that kind of like toward the end of the first half, and then I feel like everybody at halftime checked their phones, saw the tweet, and then they quickly organized and <laughs> uh, and and made a. <laughs> it, I, I see. I took it as like it was kind of lighthearted, and that's why I was laughing hysterically at it. <laughs> but because uh, I was sitting right next to Doug too, and it, it was amazing to see Doug's. <laughs> When you, like we were all just kind of watching the game, you you kind of hear the fans in the background. You're not always like paying attention to like exactly what chant they're doing, but like I noticed Doug kind of staring at them, and then I was like, and the moment I kind of saw his face, like re- understand what was happening, it was uh, it was glorious. And what's I lo- your take and I on Doug, what's in your way, take on the chance though? Oh, so yeah, my take on the chance is I want. <laughs> Here we go. Um. I would love it if there were more chants to the tune of like American popular culture songs, like right. So, the, what, like what the British did, like uh, took yeah that's, popular that's music, what all theirs is done, yeah, yeah, and and put new words to it. And I would love songs about players, like you know they've got the Pitti Martinez, but like what about the one for Miles Robinson? You know, like that's an amazing song. Is there a song so with easily. the wor- with the name Robinson in it? I've never uh, heard it. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Nah, nah, it's right uh, there. Yeah, it's definitely there. I mean, Old Town Road, they could take that, right? Classic, like Old Town Road. And yeah. then the remix to Old classic. Town Road. <laughs> the classic Old Town Fe- Road. And then the yeah, remix. And featuring yeah, Billy Ray Cyrus. Yeah. I don't I don't see why they couldn't do it. Um, I didn't mean to like start something in the uh, um, 
in the, in the trap, like people getting upset about this. Kendrick no, the, the, I mean, the chants are great right now, but it, it yeah. is hard to inject a new one in. Here, here's another problem I have is like, like every time, like, so I've, oh. I've said the Miles Robinson <laughs> thing, you know, the song can be as simple as here's to you, Miles Robinson. Jesus yeah. loves you more than you should know. And that's it. Like you don't need, yeah. you don't need like two stanzas of very creative lyrics. Of course, it's kind of fun to come up with those on your own. You know, to kind of just make a song, but for something that is going to be sung in the stands, it needs to be like one or two lines of just something very simple and repeatable. Yeah. Um, let's see. Let's see. What do we have in here? Brian Diefenbach says to the SGs, grow up, be more creative. I think those are maybe two different things. Um, the creativity and the, the maturity, I guess. I don't know. Um, Start from outcast songs and work from there. Yeah. A very good suggestion. <laughs> yeah. Why yeah. not? I don't see why not. Um, I mean, there's plenty. There's plenty of Atlanta music. Yeah, I mean, it, all genres. Yeah, I mean, you could take like the three Run the Jewels albums and and make chants off of those. But to to your point, I mean, most of those. I mean, I mostly know the like the Liverpool's uh, player chants, and they're all like super short. Yeah, yeah. They're all like a couple lines, and that's yeah. it. Just keep it simple. The simpler, yeah. the better. The more people can follow along. Not that I'm telling anybody what to do. I don't. Yeah. Want, I, but, I, this, but that was your see, take, flyer, your fla take. flyer flags. How how easy was this? Brian Reynolds says I got the five stripes in the back. Yeah. Oh <laughs> my <laughs> word! That's it. Yeah, that's it. I'm like how easy was? Except that? it's yeah. nine stripes now. <laughs> and then Brittany S says uh, Golden Spikes is attached. I mean, you got yeah. Oh my, we're writing it right now. Right here. <laughs> yeah, we we got it. We're uh, crowdsourcing. This. Hopefully, they, <laughs> hopefully they're all listening. Um, so I wanted to going back to the DC game. I know we haven't really talked about the Houston game, but I think there's there's a lot to take away from the Houston game. But I, th I think yesterday is just so fresh in my mind. Wanted to ask you guys not to be too cheesy. Uh, who bottles more shots, uh, Beam or Paul Ariola? <laughs> because I feel like we saw yesterday him in the box. The same thing he did the entire Gold Cup. Like he gets in yeah. the box, he gets away from people. He just can't do shit whenever he actually has a chance on goal. They had DC had their chances to, oh, to score in that game. Um, there was there was one where geez, the guy had a the guy could have had a shot on goal. I don't remember who it was. It may have been Ariel, and he tried to cut it back to somebody who was making a run into the box, and yeah, just an unnecessary you know attempt to try to set up somebody in that case. But um. I, his, I was, was going to say Joseph just because of the rum comments he's been making oh, about drinking yeah. all the rum <laughs> lately. And having a cigar. Yeah. You can tell the difference in quality. I mean, Ariola had a similar breakaway as Joseph. Joseph floats it over the keeper. Dude, that chip was I mean, so it's, it's nasty. Oh, my God. Ariola yeah. hits it right. I mean, Guzan made an excellent save, but he... It was Ariola's to finish. I just want yeah. somebody to do, like, a New York Post headlines. Ariola exposed. And it's <laughs> him... <laughs> no, I got you. Yeah, I got yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> that's like a, a British tabloid type. Yeah, I love it. Totally it. Is. Or New York yeah, Daily yeah. News or whatever. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, that's what I meant. Yeah, New York Daily News, not yeah, not the Post. I don't know. I don't read enough newspapers uh, or any. The uh, that chip that Joseph had was smooth though. Being able to beat um, beat Hamid like that off yeah. of his line and. Um, that's one. Um, I I forgot to verify this. Was this the first time we beat Bill Hamid? Um, I can't. I don't remember. Did he? I think would he have played for them last season when uh, there was a game that Carlton started that uh, Joseph Martinez had a hat trick in like last August. It was after the Barco suspension. Somebody. Obviously. We'll, we'll crowdsource that. I don't. That I don't. I don't know too. who started in, in goal for them that game. Um. 
But yeah, I mean that that finish was smooth as hell. The pass from Petey, though, I mean the 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 quickness and the yeah the, the presence of mind to like turn like with his off foot too, mind you. Yeah, you knew. I think Pitty kind of realized that DC had no choice but to play like uber aggressively in that moment to try to you know get a goal back. So he kind of was able to use that against them. Um, I do love uh, Michelle asks how tall is Acosta? Just curious, and uh, Patrick Keenum says one point one Javinkos. he's itty bitty man why is it always the little guys that annoy you so much him and maxi morales and felipe and and javinko and i will say they're center backs because standing behind them they are monsters yeah you know and but this is a joseph thing too because i always view joseph as this massive guy you know the king yeah but then he gets out there against these like six foot four center backs and he looks like a child (laughs) these guys those guys were monsters and and that's why i mean if you look at the stats you can see like there were like 33 clearances by dc yeah that was a little that was a little off-putting how many crosses we were putting in with with no success but i mean because I think Mira maybe was taking too much time on the wing and then crossing it in, and you're well, not going to get a good header against those dudes. I think you have to give Ben Olsen a lot of credit for knowing that that was going to be Atlanta's strategy based on what they did against Houston to go into that three-five-two and really put pressure on the wings, get those crosses in, and he put in those three huge center backs. Um, that guy Pines, I don't know if he normally starts for them, but I, I've never seen guy, him. I yeah. think he's like six-five. They and... found him in a penitentiary. <laughs> That dude is a giant. <laughs> yeah, he's huge. And I thought that, you know, it was probably a smart choice by them to kind of, you know, let him just defend all those crosses. And they did it very well. Yeah, it's, it's one thing we could get annoyed as fans watching. Like, why do we keep bombing crosses, bombing down the wings and putting crosses in? But uh, nobody ever really does stop and give the other coach credit for, <laughs> for actually like right. game planning, for yeah. that, forcing that. I yeah. mean... Because I mean, he saw that Houston game and was like, okay, Russell was, was dominating. Yeah. Yeah. That's what they, they work in from the wings. Quick in transition. If we clog up the middle, we can win this game. And yeah. Gressel, like hardly got any. He didn't get obviously nearly the amount no. of crosses off in the game against DC. Of course, it helps playing against, or it's harder playing against eleven men. But I thought they really had a clear strategy to n- not let him beat them, not let those crosses come in from Julian. Yeah. Um, it was also weird that typically whenever we have, I feel like whenever we don't have success against DC, they press us pretty pretty hard i feel like they're constantly putting pressure on us like mm-hmm. as soon as we get the ball to our feet and i didn't feel that yesterday i felt like they played back oh yeah the entire for sure time. they yeah they, no they really sat back and i i've been thinking about this a lot recently too is like what team is going to come into mercedes-benz stadium and like try to play on the front foot i, I think we have seen one team the chicago fire of all teams came in and i thought they played like they just tried to play their game toe-to-toe try to attack and it was a game that had a ton of chances. Atlanta ended up winning two nothing, but you know Chicago could have had a goal or two for sure. Like they they or had five, yeah, <laughs> yeah, or five. Um, yeah, it's just the smart strategy to do what teams do. And it is, it is. Even if you have great personnel, why not? Right, right. I mean, Atlanta has shown that it's the hardest thing that it's like it's kind of their weakness, their their Achilles heel. So why not do it? But I, it just it rolls me the wrong way because I feel like you know fa- the fans that come and pay money are not getting to see the optimum the the optimal product you know it's like they're not seeing the best of what this team team can give and i feel like last year we got to see a lot of those exciting games on the road because you know the home team when we're on the road the the home team kind of has an impetus to come out and play those games toe-to-toe yeah unfortunately for whatever reason atlanta has just been god-awful on the road this year well Um, that's not good for friday because that is going to be a wide open game i imagine yeah yeah. Oh, that, I mean, it'll be really interesting. LAFC. I, it'll, like, yeah. They're, with, they're without El Munir. 
Yeah, after broken, uh, broken face. Yeah, broke his. Uh, Out with I, face I can't remember the, the technical fracture that he got, but yeah, he's just doctor a, orbital wound. Doctor, yeah, don't we, have, don't we have a doctor? Yeah, yeah. yeah. PK, what's the uh, what's the diagnosis? That fracture. It's a fracture at the temple. It's not. I, I don't think it's the orbital. It's, okay. Uh, I think it's the bone right outside, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but yeah, just dented in. It's, it's crazy. It's yeah, it's like, brutal. Yeah, even like yeah, you could just see there was like a. Yeah, like literally He's like, a, temple, like, a, like a temple dent. dimples. Yeah. Uh, before we get on to the LFC, LAFC game, I do want to play this from uh, Kevin, who can't be here today. First time caller. Um, just wanted to tell you guys, great job. Show hasn't even started yet, but I know it is in the best possible hands. Um, so excited to tune in live on my drive back. And uh, a reminder to everybody listening: phone lines are always open. And um, if you don't call us, call somebody you love, call somebody you care about, and remind them that you do. Remember, life's too short not to. And uh... Is that it? I might That's have, it. Is he okay? I must have, oh, yeah. must have cut off. <laughs> oh, that wasn't it. Take care. See you next week. All right. Okay. Oh. Was, yeah. Getting a little beautiful. dusty in here. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> See that someone play that for Pitti and DeBoer. I mean, get them back together. Life's too short for these things, these skirmishes. But then that pause at the end would get misinterpreted on both sides. It's true. (laughs) Right, exactly. Um, Actually, go back to Houston. Uh, What do you guys take away from that game uh, other than we still got it? Well, at the time, (laughs) it's it's funny. Um, At the time when it happened, I was actually surprised to hear. Um, Jason Longshore, uh, you know, media fellow media member, the Godfather, yeah, the Godfather of American, the of, of Atlanta soccer. You know, he was kind of saying that like there's not really a lot that you could take away from it tactically, but I that was kind of like one of my bigger takeaways was that the three five two was going to be very effective, and it, like obviously the five nil scoreline, you know. Yeah, it, that's not an accurate reflection of you know the quality of the two teams or whatever. But I just thought even just seeing the game, seeing the way that the team was exploiting those wide spaces, it reminded me so much of Tata Martino's teams. Just like when you're in the press box, because you see the game differently from up there. Yeah, I mean, you just grow more intelligently <laughs> every second. You know, but you, but you can probably understand this because you're right over that corner, right? Mm-hmm. And like... Tata Martino's teams would all, like would always be in that little channel right in the corner. People running this Gressel way. and all Tito day. and yeah, they would just there would be tons of runs in there and lots of crosses coming in. And that's what I saw like in that Houston game for the first time. Like I had not really seen the team kind of try to exploit those spaces before. So I you know I, I thought that the three five two was going to be you know an effective option. I think it kind of proved itself against dc but i think i think if it still re- work you know we don't we don't know yet for sure but. i think if a red card's gonna happen and it happens to a forward i think there's more that you can take away from it um than than if like they lost a starting center right. back or something yeah. to that effect i mean they lost albert the least i mean what did they lose maybe a goal yeah and he us? was their starting striker in that game so right, it's not exactly. even like they were losing yeah, yeah. exactly and, i mean and, and not just that they had actually showed on the halo board i, mean, I think over the past three or five away matches they'd been outscored 15 to 3 or 15 to 4 so it's yeah. not like it was it's not like they really had cards i mean the cards were stacked against them to come uh, to come into that game and the minute that red card happened i was like oh boy here we go because in the past especially against like i think it was red bulls they got a red card you know they bunker back and we often have times hard time breaking that down 
But to be able to see them break it down, pass through the middle, one-twos, kicking it out wide, they were doing exactly what you need to do when people are bunkering. And that was great to see. Yeah, so it's funny to think back to this because this kind of shows how how much can happen in a week. But I remember when that red card happened, I turned to Sam Jones, who sits next to me, and I was like, if they lose this game or don't, if, if they don't win this game, like there's going to be major pressure on DeBoer. Yeah, like, it was, you know, it was if, DeBoer out yeah, at that second. Yeah, I was like, like I've seen if this. They couldn't man- if they were not able to manage to get a win, you know, basically almost playing an entire game up a man. Uh, that would have been super and, bad. And I and think it would have been game. unfair for the reasons I, you stated. That was a forward taken out. I mean, they still had were able to bunker. Yeah, and right. It's and hard that, to score against That's that. why it came into my mind because, you know, the team had lost against Red Bulls. Did they lose that game? Or no, they, they drew. No, we lost. Did we lose that we game? Was one yeah. on the road. Yeah, are, uh, they that, played like a, basically like a, a half against yeah. 10 men. Yeah, the, yeah. Guy, the kid with the, the prep school name. Yeah, I yeah believe. that's right. Yeah. <laughs> he scored that. Brian cr- White. Yeah. Or no, no, Barlow. Tom Barlow. Bar- yeah, yeah, Tom yeah, yeah. Barlow. <laughs> it's something Barlow. <laughs> Old Tom Barlow. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's not so prep school. Um, <laughs> something um, like that. Keenum, again, with the, with the, uh, oh, here we go. the doctor uh, speak. It was a temporal fracture of the skull so that the nasty hit can cause significant nerve damage, also high risk of bleeding. Yikes. So maybe they are. Somebody did mention lifetime ban in the, the chat earlier. I, I don't know if they are considering that, but uh, I don't know. I don't have faith in this league and their disciplinary process. Yeah. No, especially with Zlatan, no. <laughs> I mean, yeah. if, if Kaku gets away with three three matches with one game served, then... And that right. guy's still having like, and he, he, yeah. he, he seriously injured a fan, yeah, yeah. And the guy's having like, um, what do they call those after the after the earthquake, like the, uh, uh, tremors. aftershock, yeah, 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 after, yeah aftershock yeah. and tremors yeah. afterwards. Yeah, it's like good god. Um, somebody is mentioning goal, uh, Guzan goalkeeper of the year. So this brings me back to the Alec Can thing. We're oh. we're in the secondary transfer window, right? We're still in the secondary transfer window. Yes. yes. Yeah. Um. Why haven't we traded him for Tam or Gam at this point? Who? Alec Can. Alec Can. Because he's. I mean, I've seen. I've seen worse keepers right now starting in this league. Yeah. It's a good question. I don't know. And you always need a good backup keeper. Honestly, in a long season like this, you never know. Yeah. Maybe that's why. It seems like they have confidence in this. Uh, this uh, Brendan Moore, I think is his name. Yeah, Brendan. Moore. Brendan. The first names are always tricky. Uh, um, <laughs> I think they have confidence in him, but. Yeah, and if they do, you would think that that would give them even more license to kind of, you know, be willing to to deal a guy like Alec Can, who could probably help some teams. But yeah, who knows? I'm fascinated that Atlanta United still seem seemingly has like Tam and Gam to to shell out for people like uh, Mo Adams and stuff. Cause yeah, I feel like this team is just constantly they got a Tam it. mine, a Gam mine. Yeah, I don't know where they get it from, or we just lose track of it. And we still have a couple. We still have a couple international slots we can fill right now, right? Yeah, some green cards. Yeah, I don't think international slots are really an issue. Which is crazy. That's been because we got rid of Anderson Asidu, and then yeah, yeah. Yeah, Uh, I mean, you would think like Atlanta is probably known as being like one of the more internationally based, you know, playing stats in all the in all the league. Um, Dirty Bird person saying, "I've been waiting on that Nagby goal forever. I can't believe we haven't talked about this. I mean, he." That that is one thing to take away from that, that yeah. Houston game is he finally got on the score sheet and I feel like you could just see the elation on his face like yeah. he's it was it was nice to see that guy finally get get one in the back of the net and it was that, a nice goal beautiful yeah and in, in classic Nagby fashion he was like shocked after the game that people wanted to talk to him like <laughs> they like he was like getting dressed he was like putting on his deodorant or whatever he like turned around and, like a bunch of people were standing there he's like oh what 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 are you guys doing like. <laughs> 
I was like, we want to talk to you about the goal. Oh, okay. Has Breck Shea wheeled into the locker room to like do the telephone, like the because he <laughs> the and Nagby are good friends, thing? right? It seems like at least at least it seems like he and Nagby are in always the post match photos. They're always doing yeah. shenanigans in the back. Yeah, I haven't seen him since his since his injury. It was really sad. I think it's really yeah. He must be laid up from surgery after, or something. Yeah, after his injury, I saw because the injury happened when they were on the road in Seattle, and then I saw when back at the training ground. Like the next week, early the next week, I saw his Jeep there, and I was like, "Very sad." I yeah. wonder, I wonder if he ever drove that. Oh, I wonder if his Jeep was still parked there from <laughs> no the more off roading. You now. know, it's funny. It's like you don't know what you got till it's gone. I did know what we had, <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. I tried to tell you guys that there are not that many good left backs in MLS. Um, Brittany S saying, "I don't know why they let go of uh, Wild. Did we release Gordon Wild? Yep, they let him go. They let him out in the wild." <laughs> <laughs> That was a Pesanino special. Pesan. <laughs> I just see Gordon Wilde like wandering the forests of Georgia. Um, yeah, I don't. Man, it sucks to not. Well, and, and there make, was a funny quote today uh, where FDB literally said uh, in the quotes, "Like, yeah, we we got to stick with three five two because we just don't have any left backs at all." <laughs> and I'm, we were thinking of poor Mikey Ambrose. <laughs> Here's that he's like. I, Hey, coach. Yeah. <laughs> like, Mike Ambrose is a right wing back, I thought. I mean, Lefties, he, yeah. but we, we've played him in the left. In no, the I, left I, I'm just saying. Yeah, no, yeah. The only but time Frank DeBoer played him in the big beginning of the season, he played him at right, right wing. Yeah, that was Columbus a struggle. Oh. Yeah. I was telling Sam, clearly nobody has told DeBoer that Mikey is like a Boy Scout, which is what how Tata described him. Always ready. Always he's ready. always ready. Always ready. Yeah. Where's Kevin Kratz at? Uh, apparently he's coming back soon. Um, he's had an injured calf. I think it's been like just like a lingering calf issue for a Damn. long time. But it's a lot I've, of players injured. Me and me and Doug um, Roberson have been speculating that like you might as well just put him on the injured list and open up a roster spot. But I think yeah, why that, not? Like when we asked the board about it, he seems to be saying like, oh yeah, he's like, he's he's close to returning. He so said, who do you I expect think... me to replace him with? Andrew Carlton. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Um, By the way, speaking of Carlton, uh, like I saw the picture of him uh, being at, as the ball boy for the um, the unified game, and like some people were like, "Oh, look at him! He's like this is how low on the totem pole he is. He's he's, he's the ball boy. Like that was great. I thought no, that's great. awesome. He needs yeah. To be, yeah, he should be doing stuff he needs like to be that. Doing yeah. Stuff, yeah. yeah, absolutely needs to be doing stuff like that. LAFC on Friday, right mm-hmm. in LA, ten o'clock kick. Uh, MLS after dark. MLS, MLS after dark. After dark. dark. <laughs> um, I'm. I don't know how, if I'm scared going into that game, watching what LA uh, LA Galaxy were able to do to them. I mean, their their defense looked shaky. Uh, granted, I mean Zlatan had a couple. Uh, he had three goals, obviously, but two of them were pretty outstanding finishes, especially the one. But uh, it gives me a little more confidence. I know they have the best goals against record right now in the league. I think we're yeah. second or we're third, maybe. I think we're third to NYCFC and LAFC, but NYCFC played like ten games less than us at this point. But, okay. Um, I still don't, I don't understand that. They're NYCFC's played like yeah, it's crazy. 16, 17 games, something no, like they've that. They played more than that, but like they've played like a considerably a uh, considerable amount less than everybody yeah. else, and I don't know why. I don't know yeah, they weren't because in CCL. they weren't. Yeah, right. Exactly. They they haven't been in other competitions that other teams aren't in. I don't. I don't Yankee get it. Stadium. Oh, maybe that. Maybe that's it. Know. That that's probably it. You know. Um, anyway, um, I think the LAFC game is, um, yeah. I mean, obviously it'll be fun to watch two two attractive teams. But you yeah. know, the thing about LAFC is like they're so aggressive in the way they hunt down the ball when they don't have it. You know, they come after you, and so 
I wonder how Atlanta is going to going to deal with that. And I think that like the playing with the three at the back, I think that that I thought it helped them at times against DC United. It helped like draw DC out, like to come get the ball because they were just kind of passing around the back. DC comes out, and then they find the gaps to exploit. You know, you they found Nagby and and Emerson Hyman, but especially Nagby found quite often. He was able to like get the ball in the half turn in midfield, and then he was just able to run into open space, you know. And so I I do wonder if Atlanta will try to find those similar patterns of play to to get Nagby into those spaces to get you know find find that space uh, that they can run into in the attack. I will say I'm worried the the few chances we gave up yesterday were especially with the Areola one. You have Nagby making uncharacteristic uncharacteristic giveaway in the middle of the field, and LAFC thrives on creating those kind of giveaways. And then you have uh, playing a ball through, you know, I imagine to Carlos Vela, just like you did with Areola. I think we're going to have to worry about that. Um, just make sure you're not going to give away the the ball on the press. Be careful with the possession. Same things FTB always says, but it's even more important with a team this good on the break. And um, so we'll see. Yeah, it's a team that, uh, that again, that play style, that pressing, hunting play style is what has kind of been our weakness in, in years past. But it's also one, if you're sharp, you can expose that because you get those guys uh, over committing. And yeah. if, you're, if you're sharp on those passes and opening up those lanes, you can you can create chances after chance for uh, and, Joseph. And Emerson is, is I, him and Joseph are working one-twos. Those guys are, the guys in the midfield are working one-twos with Joseph all the time. and. So I think we're better, we're more capable of breaking down that press now than we were a couple of weeks ago. So, and I think that you know when we when we had Tata Martino, I think we saw ourselves kind of get at that point where we were exposed when we tried to yeah over over pursue and trying to win the ball back high up the field and and left gaps in behind. So I think that you know I think Atlanta fans of all fans would kind of understand the risks that come with kind of that approach to the game. Yeah, definitely the. Um... What do you guys see in terms of lineup? Any changes coming into uh, Friday's game? Do you see Vasquez getting dropped for, for yeah. Petey? Yeah. 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 Um, I think that's pretty unanimous. And, you know, DeBoer said in the post-match why, you know, why change was working. So I think it's going to be 3-5-2 with, yeah, Pitti in for Vasquez. Yeah. Miram, Miram still playing left wing back? Uh, no, I think they'll, you'll probably see like Dion probably come in. I think it seems like those two are just going to be rotating there Dion, until, Dion. Yeah. until Bellows back probably. Man, he's so smooth on the ball. Dion Pereira. Oh, Dion, yeah, 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 yeah. He's good. His footwork's great. He's silky. It, yeah. Dion, he's, Dion. He's got great work ethic, uh, work rate, and everything on the field, too. I, I really like that guy. I feel yeah. like he's like a, a steal that yeah. we were able to get from, from Watford. Yeah, good kid, too. Um, He gives, I don't know if this is like the thing now, but like I notice when I shake hands with young people, it's like. Gives you some depth. They do like, it's like a, the weakest possible <laughs> handshake. It's like. It's like it's it's like it's it looks like they're coming in for like a I don't know some he's some trying to give you one of these. To give you dap. No, yeah, but he's yeah. not. But he's not. It's he's a handshake. It's, clear, it's clearly a handshake. I'm I'm making the motion. It's it's clearly a handshake. And what, these kids, Frank DeBoer talked about. It. He called him out. He's, he's apparently he told Dion. He was like, "You need to have a stronger handshake." That's, <laughs> that's a very Dutch move. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you could. That's nothing's getting lost in translation there. Whenever you're talking, um, do you guys have score predictions for Friday? Are you allowed to give score predictions? Yeah. <laughs> why Why not? We'll probably lose. You think so? I mean, we'll probably lose. 2-2-1, two, two, I'm thinking we lose. 2-1? Two, 2-1. One. Two, one. Yeah, we lose. I'll say 3-1. Wow. The road, the road form has been bad. It's been bad. It we're, has been. Are we in yeah. 7 or 3-8 and eight on the road right now? 
Is he against the best not, team in MLS? It's not great. But I will say, for once, Kevin, games in hand helped us out. Where I mean, we're a game in hand on DC. We got second place. We have a game in hand still on uh, Philly. And we're only three points behind Philly. Yeah. Right? Yep. Yep. 39-36 right now. And we would have the wins tiebreaker over there if, uh, whenever we make that game up if we win. Um, yeah, I don't have a ton of confidence that we're going to win this game. I think they're probably going to be – I think it's going to be – obviously, it's got to be better than the Chicago game, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. there's mm-hmm. no – Yeah. I mean, that, no was like a, that was like us against Houston. You know, like that was like a very similar. You're playing a, a, most of the game down well, the man. Three-one scoreline seems to be popular. I like, uh, I like, I actually do kind of like Elliot Beavins. Three, three, eight, no. I, like, I, I kind of like Elliot Beavins' three-three. Like that's kind of the kind of like, that would be like I can just see that too. game of the yeah. season. I can see that too. Super open, super crazy. A couple yeah. sports Last center highlights. Yeah. Oh. Two best defenses in MLS. Both give up three <laughs> yeah, goals. Yeah. Because yeah. you're going against Carlos Vela and Joseph Martinez. But honestly, I think these teams, like, they may have the best defenses, but, like, they haven't played each other. They haven't played right. against the quality that these that each other have. So who knows? Well, LAFC obviously shown they yeah. can be taken advantage of last week. So yep. we'll see. Yeah. I mean, I'd like to be optimistic, but yeah, I mean, you're playing, it's going to be insane. I'm not expecting anything. Yeah, I'm not expecting points. But yeah. if we get any. I would love to get one point. Yeah. We if do three, that would be an absolute steal. Uh, yeah. We talked about it last show, but like the, the stretch we have pretty much for the rest of the season, our schedule it's is insane. brutal. Yeah. It is brutal. LASC, Galaxy, Open Cup. Oh, well, there's an all-star game there's in there. There's an all-star game, in, yeah, squeezed in there. Yeah, Open Cup. Yeah, we have what? What do we have, five all-stars or four all-stars? It's uh, Joseph, PD, um, LGP, LGP, Guzan, and Bark. Did Barco get selected, too? I don't no. think he did. I don't think so. I want to say we had five. Maybe he did. Am I thinking? Maybe he did. I'm not sure. Now I know Miles Robinson didn't, and it really upset me. Derek is saying five. Best, yeah, Derek rushing with five. Uh, best defender in all of MLS doesn't make the damn ballot. <laughs> like, I'm not crazy, right? He is the best center back right now in MLS, right? Is there a one better? Of. Is there a better center back right now? One on one, just no frit, like who can stop yeah, and defend the way that Miles Robinson. I think he's the best one on defender. Yeah, defending is probably the best. Yeah, yeah Barco did make the, the okay. All Star team, and uh, just his cool. ability to take a ball out of the air. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, just chested to somebody, so oh, Miles Robinson. Yeah, he's so beautiful back there. Yeah. yeah, I will say LGP showed some pace yesterday. Yeah, well, except, get, except when he said Acosta. he called out Gazan like, "Come, come get the ball." Oh, oh god! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> after the game, after the game, someone asked Gazan about it, and he was like, "If he thinks I'm that fast to come out and get that, someone's gonna have to like show him the game film of uh, how fast." Yeah, Guzan I am, is slow. <laughs> Um, yeah, LAFC, LA Galaxy. This is just league games. NYCFC, Portland, NYCFC Portland. Port- at Portland though, and Ouch. Portland yeah. is they're such a weird team. Like yeah. they're so up and down. Yep. At Orlando, who I hate to say are looking decent. right Yeah, now. they are. At Philly, number one in the East, and then we get a break against Columbus at home, and then at Cincinnati. Yeah, there's our break. But S- San Jose. <laughs> talk about another team that's turning around. San Jose. Um, we have turn around. They're. The hottest team in the league. Yeah. I was yeah. telling someone I would. I, I was looking at the at, uh, list of um, the odds to win MLS Cup, and I think if I could only make one bet, I would put it on San Jose. They were twenty to one. Those are that's pretty good odds. Obviously, I don't think they're the favorites to win. You no, know, no, the no, favorites no, yeah. are LAFC. But if like for for the it's money, a good bet. it's a yeah, good for bet. The best people don't odds understand odds in a in a one off in a the 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 new uh, you know playoff format. I hate to say it, preseason. I think DC United had bad odds, and I was I was putting all my money on them, but. 
Yeah. I'm sorry well, to admit that. Yeah. <laughs> Old season ticket holder. <laughs> are you, I've changed are you my allegiance. At all? <laughs> Not at all. Yeah, okay. I yeah, that's no, what no, I wanted no. to hear. I didn't have a team. There was no team in Atlanta at the time. What right. can I say? Right. Yeah. I always kind of pulled for DC too. Just like I didn't it's really the closest I didn't, team I to us, right? I, yeah, it, it, they were. Yeah. yeah, geographically. Yeah. I could I just could not get an MLS. I, for whatever reason, I'd watch it. Here I, I got there. into it because I was in the I supporters groups section, getting beer thrown on me in, me, in my twenties. Yeah, I was in. <laughs> <laughs> but was I watching it on TV? No. But yeah. now I am. Now I'm yeah, obviously, yeah, yeah. yeah. Especially about ESPN Plus. <laughs> yeah, and makes it so, so much easier. I, that is the, ESPN Plus is the steal of all steals, and I hope they don't go the Netflix model. Like, oh, we just bumped it up a dollar, yeah, and then a dollar. I'm sure, it and, will, then a dollar but and then a dollar, and then a dollar, milking it while it's cheap. Um, yeah, Kendrick Brock said I'm a Euro snob. That's why I couldn't get true, an MLS. True. It's very true. I only watch uh, Turkish League, Super Liga. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's my jam. And I, I see I Portland like... was my casual team. I think, you know, I would have chosen Portland, too. Just their fan culture was so cool. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just the city is so fun to visit. Do you ever, ever go over there, have a few craft beers, and watch the game? I would love to do more traveling. I'm so jealous of Kevin. Who'd, yeah. Who'd, like, every time I see him on Twitter or whatever, it's like looks so awesome i don't know if you know do you know kevin brown have you ever met kevin brown or no i've seen him on twitter i haven't haven't met him in person i would love oh he's fantastic gentleman um he um yeah he's he works as a flight attendant for southwest so he goes to every single so he can get that uh the free seat yeah is very i'm i'm very (laughs) jealous i'm i'm willing to work for the airlines but yeah it's it's really cool he uh yeah it gives us a lowdown on all the uh all the different Away culture, Columbus yeah. off the chain. It's, no, I, <laughs> I'll tell you. Maybe when school's in Bridgeport. session. Yeah, that's where it's at. <laughs> Isn't there? They're going to no, be playing think, in. Uh, they're going to be playing Soldier Field next year. Apparently, I think it's Bridgeview too. Or Bridgeview, it's sorry, Bridgeview. Bridgeport. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a suburb of Chicago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they are. Yeah, there's a Sydney found a cached. I took a <laughs> release. Nap. I took a nap this afternoon. and I saw all this yeah, whole Chicago. They're apparently moving to Soldier's Field. I, who knows whether that'll work or not? I think it's a good short-term move. Yeah, I don't, I don't see why not. I'm, well, granted, like the complaints I always hear that the reason people don't get to the games with Chicago is because it's so far out. And then same with like Dallas, like yeah. getting out. Dallas. To, I used to have to travel there. That stadium is ungodly distance from Dallas. Really? It's Frisco, right? It's so far away. Is that really? Yeah. It's, yeah. It's crazy north of the city. Yeah. So I yeah, mean, I don't like, blame yeah. no family from Dallas would ever venture out there. Dude, the 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 uh, Bridgeview one is really bad too. I went there for a um, Tottenham preseason game. I was in Chicago, and we did the um, the pub to pitch thing where they have like a shuttle, like a bus that takes you, like a charter bus that takes you from like you the, fell asleep halfway the, there, right? <laughs> no, I, I wish I had. It would have gone by faster. They give you the a trip would have gone by faster, but. No, no, no ghost tour. <laughs> it was That's just disappointing. It took forever, and it was such like a long, just like a, a long ordeal to just get there. Just the travel logistics. It was it was yeah. not not fun. So hopefully I, it works out better for them in Soldier Field. But just the fact that I can hop on Marta, get off. Yeah, I mean you're right at the tailgate. It's huge. Gosh, That's we, one we thing have such a great stadium situation. Garber Garber's spot on about like all these new stadiums have to be in city centers because this whole thing about building them in the suburbs is just it's not it yeah austin that's i'm guessing that's going to be downtown i think it is they, somewhere they open down, up next year or two years 2021 or 2020 uh, i'm not sure i'm, not I, sure. I, I, I'm confused i i don't remember like the inaugural seasons for nashville miami well miami will move again probably yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that field man but i believe nashville's next year and then uh that'll be our national Did nashville rival. finally get their stadium like fully 
Squared uh, away? I'm not sure. I have no if idea. If they're playing on that baseball field again, that's going to be... the wrong guy. Okay, I remember going crazy. to preseason. No, I, I, I don't yeah. think they'll be there. I, th- I, I don't think they'll be there. I hope not. Um, yeah. Uh, and they close it out. 6,000 in Soldier Field will look much better to Kendrick Brock's uh, point. Yeah. They, they, did you guys see they team? might close off the top, I guess, like yeah. they do with us, but did that's you guys, still not going to look good. Did you guys see those comparative uh, attendance numbers and WSL versus some of the uh, MLS teams? No, they I were didn't. crazy. It was it was way higher the Chicago Stars. Yeah, there were two. The there were two. Really? Yeah, yeah, there were two NWSL teams that outdrew like Columbus. I think got outdrawn, um, and then because there were two two games that drew, I think I want to say sixteen thousand around mm. there. Wow, that's and a good then, draw. Yeah. yeah, I don't know why we saved the crew, guys. I mean, they can't fill up that <laughs> that stadium. I don't understand. I kick I myself mean, I, for it. Every I hate. Day. I hate the fact that I was one of those guys. Like, man, teams move, <laughs> and everyone was like, oh, "How dare you!" <laughs> and now you look, it's like, man, they got three people in the stands. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's not history of the from the nineties. Okay, guys, sorry. And and I was totally wrong about Austin. At least going in, right? They sold out season tickets in like three hours or some shit. Oh, like did they really? Great, like it was all in the first day. I want to say they sold their season tickets. And I can understand the skepticism when you look at like SC Dallas. Okay, they're in the suburbs, but then the Dynamo were in downtown Houston, and they don't draw either. So you're like, oh man, Texas. Mm-hmm. It's just so yeah. hot there. But man. it's Houston. I mean, it's Austin. It's got you know young people, hipsters, you know, soccer fans generally. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> Atlanta worked. Portland worked. Seattle works. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's. I, yeah, I, I thought it would work. But, yeah, I mean, obviously, the Columbus crew are part of the MLS. But they just they need to fix something there in terms of getting crowds back. It's yeah. just a lot of these original teams, I think, they just need to rebuild that excitement in a way these expansion teams, they can rebrand, come into a city, create excitement in a way that they can't. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. It's totally true. Yeah. All right. Go ahead and wrap this up. We're, uh, I say we're over. I just, you know, whatever. It goes over. Yeah. Um, tell the people where they can find you, Payson. Where they can, they can find they can find me. I was really yeah. hoping to play that my girl <laughs> clip if you came in with your contacts on. That's still one of my favorite like things I've ever seen on Twitter. Like Ugh. I I was like legitimately cackling. Like well, you can find me at uh, at Pacenino at Twitter. My Twitter game is dad jokes and uh, occasional uh, real jokes. And I also write a dirty South soccer. I write a column called D's Nuggets. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, just going really in depth, analytical <laughs> into how. Really, no, but, but seriously, it's, I hate it, the fact that I named it that because I try to take this yeah, call seriously. Is, it, it is a serious, and yeah. I do analyze what he says and you know talk about the team a little bit. But it's called these nuggets. It's our dirty south, dirty south And Joe, where can they find you? Uh, not, not just Atlanta United, but but elsewhere. J.A. Patrick 200 on Twitter. Um, you can subscribe to the podcast. My podcast is Five Strike Final. It's on, if you if you search for Dirty South Soccer on your, on wherever you search for podcasts, it should pop up. You can subscribe to us there. And read Dirty South Soccer. Read J. Sam Jones's recaps of games. They're very They're good. Very I know good. recaps are, on, like, on, lots of times you want to just not, not read them because you know what, you went to the game or whatever, you know what happened. Read his recaps. They're very, very good. He's got good make you laugh. He's too. got video. He's got quotes. It's all there. The whole shebang. And then 92.9. Oh, yeah. Atlanta I work Braves. For, I work for 92.9. Uh, <laughs> I cover the Braves. Yeah. So um, well, if you're a Braves I, fan, crossover, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, thank you guys for tuning in. However, you did find us, uh, whether on YouTube, on iTunes, uh, Stitcher, whatever, wherever you are, Pocket Casts and, and all that good stuff. If you guys would be so kind, leave us a rating and or a review on iTunes or Stitcher. We will read it aloud on the show. 
Um, this feels weird. I don't normally close the show out. Kevin does this, so I will uh, I will leave it short. You guys can find us on uh, social media at Home Before Dark. That's B and then number four. Um, and then every Monday night, eight o'clock on YouTube. Uh, tune in, join uh, join the trap, and uh, get in on the shenanigans. And as always, I don't ever get to say this. As always, be home before dark. Love seven days we crawl up to the ground. Love seven sins we wear just like a crown. Angels will cry and angels will moan. When will they leave us alone? Alone. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park